the next campaign, the the one that's based on basically a road trip through fucking nightmare twisted America. Okay. Uh, More and... like 2020, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I can relate. Hello and welcome to Out of the Force, an actual play podcast about a test run for a potential second season. We are actually still playing Monster of the Week by Michael Sands. I am Chris and I am your GM slash keeper and I am joined by my players. I'm Evan and I play Jessica Jarris Hastings. I'm Dominic and I play Sergeant Raymond Jaynes. I'm Jessica and I play Alexander Everhart. And I'm Alistair and I play Beth Waterman. Alright, just to kind of explain this, we are going to be probably every two, three or so, haven't really decided exactly how often, uh, Mysteries of the main campaign, I'm going to be running a brief, like, one adventure mystery, whatever the system happens to call it, um, test runs of potential new, uh, uh, stories to tell, new new campaigns to run uh, for a second season. That way I can know sooner rather than later what we want to do and can start kind of building that up. Uh, and so once uh, Munsdale tragically comes to an end, hopefully not tragically within the universe, but tragically from a point of view of us having to leave Munsdale behind, um, I'll have a good idea of where we're going next. Uh, that said, uh, this one is another Monster of the Week one, um, just in case we want to keep running it. I'm pretty excited about the concept of what the, this campaign will be. Uh, the actual campaign would be a, a more of a road trip based Monster of the Week story where our heroes are traveling from town to town writing, uh, the horrible, horrible wrongs that have taken over, uh, the country basically. Um, that said, this one-off is actually taking place in one of the towns that has uh, fallen to, to, to the darkness that's kind of consuming everything, and where it's taking place with characters who have to kind of fight their way out from the uh, inside, as opposed to being saved by, by newcomers, uh, just to kind of explore what one of these towns that the road trip will be moving through kind of looks like. Uh, it takes place in the town of Brandywine, Maryland. Uh, for this campaign, I'd actually be using real locations and then making a fictional version of it based on their Google Maps. So it will have anyone who actually happens to live in Brandywine, uh, you'll recognize the names of locations, probably not much else. Um, if you live in Brandywine, Maryland, I need you to tell me if the Carabas in Google Maps <laughs> is actually a real Carabas or if it is someone's we house. Know. We need to know. It looks like a house. Please reach out to us at the Forest Cast on Twitter and let us know about that Carabas if you know. Please. Circa. 250 years ago. We see a small wooded area, and as the camera zooms into it, we end up in a clearing filled with what are unmistakably knights. There are several gathered around in their plate armor, each wearing a tabard that features the emblem of a red sun. In the middle of which we see Jessica Jarris Hastings, holding on to a strange spherical golden object. Um, it has a number of what looks like runes etched into it, uh, each of which uh, intermittently gleams one at a time. The surrounding knights in this clearing are all saluting as one of the knights, uh, another with their helmet off, approaches Jarris and she says to him, I sure you want to do this, Jessica. Any of us can take on this burden. You, you, you could be better serving the, the, the budding colonies. You don't have to, to make this sacrifice. I must do it. It is the only way for us to, to move on. I've, I've done my duty here, and I need you to carry on the legacy of what we've, of what we've accomplished here. She looks troubled by this, 
but ultimately sets her face resolute and gives you a salute as the others do and backs in to join the, the ring of knights. They part slightly to allow in a, a man with a, a more regal-looking helm that he holds in his arms, and he says, Just Gargeris Hastings, your sacrifice will go down in history. You will not be forgotten. And he waves his hand with an incantation, and a set of stairs leading deep into the earth uh, appears out of nowhere. And the man says, Do you have any last words for your order before you make this ultimate sacrifice? It has been an honor serving with you all. I will... I will miss you. Um, everyone bows their head in unison, and the man before you goes, Just Jarus Hastings, we entomb you with that which we seal below, that, w- that if it shall be released, you may strike it down before it ever reaches the surface once more. May the red sun watch over you, and may its fire ignite your blade. And there is a a, a small cheer that rises up from the crowd as you turn around resolutely and march down the stairs. There's a further incantation and the stairs vanish into thin air. Jairus, you wake up in the bed of your small studio apartment. Um, your alarm clock by the bed is going off. You, you awaken bleary-eyed. And with terrible dread in your heart. Because today uh, is the day before the night of the Red Moon. And in Brandywine, that means one thing. It means that it is time for the town to select a sacrifice to provide to the Legion. Or else they will unleash the beast upon the town. But... Such proceedings do not happen until later in the day, and you have to get to work. What do you do? Jairus goes about, I think, normal routine. Um, very structured, like, um, makes a, a balanced breakfast, like eggs, bacon, and, and, uh, and toast, some orange juice, uh, and then you know, gets ready, puts on uh basically like a like a suit um and gets ready to to go to the office in which he's a lawyer (laughs) (laughs) as you reach for the door you have the strangest feeling of deja vu and you are you are inclined to, to look at an empty wall um to the right of the door to your bedroom. I guess I, I approach the the wall. As you approach the wall, you get the feeling of deja vu grows, and it, you you feel yourself uh, I, I, without even trying to reaching for the wall, and your hand closes around a doorknob that isn't there, and as you turn it and pull it open. You find, like, a, a hall closet, like, where you would hang coats. However, in this hall closet, there are no coats, unless you count a coat of armor. And <laughs> laying next to the coat of honor, uh, armor are two swords, and as you're looking at this, everything starts to flood back to you, and you scramble for, for this uh, shoebox on the top shelf, within which there are several amulets one of which you toss around your neck, and it all comes back to you. Um, well, most of it. You, your, your entombment with the the, the, uh, the seal to, to protect the blight from ever releasing itself. You, the, the spell taking place, freezing your, your you in time until you are needed again. And then this time you've spent in Brandywine as a, a lawyer um, watching these sacrifices go by, and the more you try and think about your time in Brandywine, try and think back as to how you got here, the less you can remember about your time in this place, and the less you understand the, the, the weird machine in the corner that made the, 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 the brown liquid that woke you up this morning, and the less you understand about the strange cube that set fire to your food, and it's... like, it's 
familiar, but it's it's all going, and it's getting to the point where it's like you went to sleep uh, before you were sealed away with the blight, and when you woke up, you were here after having a terrible dream about a strange modern city. I'm I'm so happy that I didn't have to talk to you. I was like before this, I was like I was like I really want to still make him confused about where he is. But you just you just did that perfectly. That was great. Uh, I'm just being like all of a sudden I forget everything. What what is this strange device? This is not my beautiful. Where am I? This is not my beautiful wife. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, cool. Not cool. I mean, in a way. (laughs) Not cool. Very uncool. But cool. Very uncool. I hope I hope he wasn't gonna be defending somebody important today. Like, somebody's just waiting in court yeah, for a lawyer that's never going to show up. Show up. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's getting convicted today. <laughs> my, my client is guilty. He just slams a sword through the table. <laughs> Amazing. So yeah, uh, you, you have found your stash and retrieved your amulet, which has freed you from the grips of uh, the, 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 the mental grips of the blight. Uh, what are you doing now? Um, I think, honestly, um, he kind of looks down and can still comprehend the idea of, like, keys and realizes that he, this is, this is a place that, like, obviously. I mean, yeah, they had keys back then. I But, like, it's different. (laughs) But it's different. So he realizes that this is basically, like, you know, a place of his own and is, is a little bit secure. So um, he'll kind of test closing the door um, and opening it, making sure that the key works, and then go out. Uh, yeah, just go outside of the house to kind of see what's going on to survey the surroundings. Yeah, uh, as you close that door, uh, it kind of like seamlessly seals completely up, uh, and, and you you vaguely recall. Um, as you arrived here, and again, you still can't remember how you got here specifically, whether you're chasing something or being chased or if you even had control over that. Uh, but you remember in a moment of panic as you, as you began to lose your, lose your mind, um, not able to, really able to think through the plan at all, you, you tossed it all into hiding to stop your enemies from getting to your, your, your uh, objects and, and, and sealing them away from you. And so you you know uh, from your own expertise that that room is protected from the notice of your enemies. Uh, and then you, as as it seals up, you walk out uh, one amulet around your neck and several in your hands, and you feel them begin to jingle. And you remember that these amulets they can protect against the darkness, but they'll only really protect those with the will to fight against the darkness. And they seem to be seeking new owners. Beth, uh, you woke up fairly early this morning. Um, your husband has to get into office early, as many businesses kind of also close early for preparations of tomorrow, the night of the red moon, when a sacrifice will be offered. This time of year weighs heavily on you, but you try to put on a, a strong face as you can for, for your husband. Uh, it's been tense ever since... Well, ever since. You, you glance over and, and, and you see a, a, a photo of happier times. And it, it's, just, it's just tough, you know? Uh, and y- your husband comes down uh, dressed and just goes, <gasps> Morning, Be- Beth. Uh, how's food coming? Oh, it, it's coming. Uh, just a couple more minutes. Thanks, dear. Love you. Let me. And he he kind of collapses down on the 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 dining room table, uh, never having been much of a morning person. That's all right. Um, I'll get him a a cup of coffee and keep the scrambled eggs going. Uh, you hand him a cup of coffee and he gives you a kiss on the cheek as you head back over to finish cooking the breakfast. Um, he sips at his coffee and just goes. So, uh, we go into, and he, he is obviously reluctant to approach the topic, but eventually he, he gets it and just goes, we go into the meeting to, 
decide today? I don't know that we have much choice. I mean, I think they, there'd be kind of, there'd be some consequences if we didn't go. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we have to. Uh, and the morning goes on with, with a little bit more talk and a lot more silence. You eventually serve breakfast and you all get fed. Um, your husband says farewell to you. And on the way out, uh, as, as he realizes that he's running a little late, he bumps um, the, the shelves that are, are near the door, uh, knocking down a, a, a photo that, that shatters on the floor. And he just goes, oh, sorry, hon, I got to go. And uh, shuts the door behind him. Uh, what, what photo fell? Uh, it was the photo of your son, the last photo that was ever taken of him. No, um, she's going to go over and, and sweep it up in her arms. Um, is the glass shattered? Yes. Oh, she's going to take the photo she's out. as herself all over the place. No. <laughs> um, she's going to take the photo out as gently as she can um, and just stare at it for a little while. Uh, not minding the the glass and the mess on the ground for a bit. Um, She sort of is blinking back tears and trying to keep her composure. Um, But like you said, it is, you know, that time of year and it is hard and it is weighing a little heavier than than it does normally. Not that it, you know, isn't ever easy. Um, I think she lets out a tear or two and then kind of sniffles it away and uh, tucks the photo kind of into her pocket um, and goes to find a different frame to put it in. As uh, you, you begin searching for another frame, you hear an extremely loud knock at the door, uh, what some people colloquially refer to as a police knock. That's a pounding, that's not a knock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I'll, I'll be right there. I guess she'll come down to the door and look through the peephole. Uh, there is a muscular man with a long brown ponytail standing there. I assume I don't recognize this guy. Uh, you may have seen him around town, but I don't think you've had any uh, interactions now. All right. Um, I'll put the little the little chain on the door, you know, uh, <laughs> and right. then undo the deadbolt and open it up a bit. Uh, good morning. And, uh, Jairus, you, you have followed the, the pool of the amulets to, to this woman's door. Ah, uh, good, good morning, yes. Um, you have Will. N- no, my husband Will, he just went to work. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, do you want to fight? I'm, I'm sorry, hon, I'm not sure what you mean. <sighs> what, fight what? Hmm. How do you say, maybe, you know, does something feel wrong to you about your life right now? I mean, a stranger's on my porch talking to me about fighting, but my life isn't the, the greatest right now, if that's what you're referring to. We have to go to this meeting tomorrow. I'm sure you know the one. It just doesn't it doesn't sit right in your heart. Ah, uh, the the meeting, yes. Of what what meeting is there? Oh, I mean, you must know. It's it's a citywide or townwide thing. I mean, the selection um, for and she kind of reaches into her pocket and clutches the, the photo of her son um, for the the town's offering to keep off the beasts. I, I think that Jairus has probably seen enough to kind of realize that, that Beth has, has lost someone. And so he kind of perks up and says, this... This process... Do you... Perks up. Oh, interesting. <laughs> he, 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 well, oh, wow. <laughs> for the most part, Jairus has been, like, involved... Basically the equivalent of, like, almost what Dominic's character is, and, like, soldier-wise, and not really much else for his life. So, um, not great at, one, talking the way he needs to, and two, like, not knowing anything else besides fighting and dealing with, like, the end of the world kind of thing. <laughs> Um, That's fair. So, um, 
it basically kind of says well, it it feels like you've you've recently lost lost someone perhaps via this process it was a year ago but it still feels recent i don't think it's ever gonna you know fade away if you lose someone like your son it's it takes a toll on you yes all all life is is precious and when it's lost it is it's just one of the worst things that we would have to deal with um i i know this doesn't mean much considering we have no idea who each other are um but i am sorry for your loss well thank you um can't say it's expected, but maybe, you know, seven o'clock in the morning, a stranger on my doorstep wishing me condolences isn't the worst thing that could have happened today, so. Okay. Do, you, do you have a name? Can I get you a coffee or something? My name is Jairus. I don't know what coffee is. But is it good? Hold on, Jairus would know what coffee is. Yeah, that's fair. I kind of misspoke with the coffee machine earlier. I mean, he wouldn't know what a coffee coffee machine machine is, but he would know what coffee is. We have our resident history expert here. to Uh, Coffee coffee was introduced to Europe in the uh, Renaissance period by Turkish uh, traders. I I gotta imagine that coffee from a coffee machine tastes completely different from anything he's ever drunk. Oh, I imagine. I'd imagine, yeah. yeah. Um, Anyway. Okay, anyways, back up. Yes, um... Uh, yes, my name is Jairus. And, uh, coffee, coffee sounds great. J- Jairus, that's an unusual name. Um, I'm Beth. I guess you can come come in. She'll close the door enough to undo the um, chain uh, and kind of mutters to herself. Um, I'm sure this is a dumb idea. Uh, and opens the door and invites him in. He immediately robs her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he gets stabbed at the chest. Haha, your money is mine. <laughs> um, Honestly, no, when he, as he got... as you were talking on the porch and you were like, you know, how has your life been? I was like waiting for you to be like, have you learned about our Lord and Savior? <laughs> I was close. I was really close to going down that <laughs> I was like, this is where this is heading, right? Because <laughs> that's what it sounds is, like. <laughs> is something wrong with your life? Would you like yeah. to be remade exactly. in the image of our Lord? <laughs> Short All right. You two sit um. down uh, with, with two cups of coffee between you. Um, Jerry's presumably still holding on to the, the, the three amulets uh, that, are, that are very similar to, to the one he is currently wearing um, as, as you sip at your, your newly brewed coffee. I'm... I am sorry to just kind of spring out of nowhere, but um, here I go springing. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, here I, I go springing again. <laughs> um, but well, I I'm on a bit of a mission this morning, so to speak, and um, fate it seems has has led me to you, actually, Beth. Oh well, what kind of mission? It's complicated to say the least, but it it will help kind of it's a it's a good mission for the good of the world. And I don't know if that's something that, that interests you, but um recently has has anything felt off about, you know, the town as a whole? I know you, you just did lose your son, but um this is probably a controversial opinion, but I'm betting you do not agree with the process that this town goes through for this election. I mean, that's how it's supposed to be, and that's how it is, and everyone keeps saying that they're supposed to do a monthly sacrifice to keep the beasts away, and God knows I'm grateful for all the lives that have been lost to keep us safe, but I, I don't know. I don't think it's right. I can't, I can't imagine that my my son would would be worth killing for this it's not fair it it's not you're right and that means a lot to kind of you know obviously go against you know the way that this whole society has been built uh i 
I know this is weird, but I told you I had been brought to you for a reason, and, um, well, let me show you this. And he'll take one of the amulets out, and, uh, I almost act, it's, <laughs> I almost want to believe that it's, like, pointing. Like, I'm holding the chain, and it's basically pointing at Beth. Yeah, it, it's definitely, like, it, it might not be a shit of pointing, but it, like, it is bobbing very, like, unnaturally in her direction. Like, no one could, uh mistake it for oh you're just shaking it is legitimately like bobbing towards her in a way that only that can't really be explained by normal means what is this 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 is this is an amulet and it has guided me to you um it only guides me to really those that possess a very strong will and Basically, like you said, know that something is just not right with the, what is going on recently. So it's true then, what I've been feeling. It, it's not normal, right? There's something wrong about this? There's something definitely wrong with all of this. And if that's... If, if you're willing to figure out you know, what, what is going wrong and, and help me, you can, but I... I must warn you that everything you're going to encounter afterwards on this journey, it won't be easy. She kind of sniffles a bit um, and places a hand on the photo and she puts the photo on the table and kind of strokes her son's face a little bit in the photo with a a smile, um, a wistful smile. and then kind of glances back at the amulet um, and says, uh, it might not be enough to bring him back, but if he didn't have to die in vain, I think I'd do anything. A righteous cause, to say the least. If you are ready to join me, and I know this is asking a lot, you might want to put that amulet on. It's calling your name. Well, I got work in about an hour. Um, Could I... (laughs) (laughs) I <laughs> get off at 10 um, no uh, she'll reach out and kind of hold it in her hand um, and kind of look a little apprehensively at him and back at it and then back at the photo um, and then picks up the chain and I guess puts it over her head alright as you slide the amulet on um, you feel like a fog is being lifted from your mind, and all this terrible time that you've you've lived in this brandywine that sacrifices a person on the 13th of every month as the moon glows bright red to prevent a worse fate, it, it was already not quite right to you, and, and you can see in juxtaposition to the, the life you've lived before now, just how wrong it is you, you remember your normal life before all this happened um, living happily with your son um, you remember sending him off to school for his first day you remember uh, when he had to go a little further away from middle school and he was he was so scared to, to, to have to take the bus because he used to drop him off for elementary school uh, and then shortly before he would have been starting high school something changed in the town and then suddenly you forgot what it was like to live a normal life and you came so much so close to fully accepting this way that would eventually lead to the death of your son and it all just makes you sick to your stomach now we were so happy we were so happy and we had a family and what changed what happened what is what is wrong with this town well a lot is wrong with this town. But, um, well, uh, we better get moving. We've got uh, a couple other ones. And he pulls out the other amulets and kind of holds them out and says, there are, there are more here willing to join our cause and to put an end to this for once and for all. Alec, you wake up uh, in your, your small bedroom Obelix, uh, curled up at the foot of your bed. Uh, 
he kind of wakes up just one eye staring at you as you begin to get up to, to get ready for your shift at work. Uh, I think Alec is gonna like, you know, take a take a quick shower and um, have some have some coffee. I don't think he really eats much in the morning, so I'm gonna say coffee and like, I don't know, banana or something. And that's mood. Huh? <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, mood. Coffee, coffee and a banana. <laughs> Um, and he, breakfast. you know, gets dressed in his normal attire. Um, and he, I don't know, like, would he, like, that's a question too, is like, cause I, I don't own a dog, so I don't know the, cause I just leave my cats here at home. Do people take their dogs to work? <laughs> uh, they, no. Not at all these. You, you, you probably Pretty take them out before you, you, you go to work and then put them up for the day until you get home. Okay, all right. So, I, I love that have you, you Have you ever that. been... I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, you chose the grocery store for your character to work at. Have you ever gone to a grocery store and just seen the employees walking around with their dogs? No, but I mean, I've, like, I don't know. Because I know there's some jobs that let you have dogs. So, so I don't know. Not all these. <laughs> Typically, no. Um, don't make fun of me. Okay, <laughs> okay fine. All right. So it's, we're, I will. We're not, we're not going to get to that yeah. point. Um, <laughs> as you, as you prepare, uh, Obelix kind of follows you around, uh, waiting for the point in the morning when you, you normally take him out before uh, leaving him here to go work at all these. I guess we've decided. Mm-hmm. Um, and then abruptly, as you are. Uh, Eating on eating your banana and just kind of uh, scrolling on your phone as as you take in what little breakfast you're eating, uh, the the dog's ears just perk up and they seem to uh, he's he's just sniffing the air very interestedly, which isn't too abnormal for dogs. Dogs are kind of weird sometimes, but then the dog uh, abruptly jumps up on your back, uh, nearly causing you to spill your coffee, and he's just sort of standing there for a couple of seconds. Jesus Christ, what the fuck is wrong with you? Obelix uh, leans his muzzle real close to his ear, to your ear, and just goes, All right, that's quite enough. That's not a good voice. Let me try that again. That was really bad. (laughs) 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 I'm not going to be able to do any kind of German accent. Don't bother. You can just use your normal voice. I am. (laughs) That is quite enough. That's insulting. (laughs) Yeah, that's not great either. Yeah. It was supposed to be insulting. <laughs> All right, that's quite enough, Alec. Uh, we have work to do, and I can't just keep playing the dog routine. Uh, Alec is going to drop his mug of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it, it shatters on the floor, pouring coffee everywhere. Nice work, dumbass. Did, uh, okay. Um, you're definitely talking, right? I'm not having, like, one of my <laughs> dreams or delusions or something, like, yeah, yeah, you live in a village where the moon turns red and they sacrifice a child to prevent beasts from running loose. And the weird thing you're concerned with is a dog talking. Okay, let's let's move along. Someone's searching for us and it's in our best interest to find them. Okay. Um searches for the searcher. Yeah, uh can you get off my back first though? Because buddy, you are fucking heavy. <laughs> uh-uh. That's not how this works. I'm gonna get you there. You're gonna you're gonna learn how to actually do something in your life for once. Let's go. I guess I'm following this dog now. Um, okay, Alec is going to put down his half-eaten banana, because I guess that's not part of this morning anymore, and uh, just <laughs> grab his keys and, and leave. All I, all I could picture was just 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 seriously, Luke Skywalker and Yoda, basically. <laughs> like, like, he never gets off your back. <laughs> Just walking around town with a dog in your bag. You you leave your 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 tiny townhouse uh, with, with with a dog just sort of on your back. Obelix um, is very large, so he is hella heavy. Yeah, he, he, it it's actually kind of impressive how he's balancing there. Uh, you're not quite sure how it's happening. You just feel you're just too distracted by the full weight on your back. Um, and Obelix uh, kind of just leans into your ear again and just goes, "All right, now." You should be able to feel something wrong here, right? I mean, there's a lot wrong in this one moment, if that's what you're asking. I swear to God, if you won't, st- if you don't stop harping on the whole dog talking situation, I'm gonna bite your throat out. Moving on, your town, how fucked up it is. Well, yes, yeah, I've. Okay, cool. Mm. Well, that's a start. Now there's. 
something that doesn't belong now in the town, and I think you should be able to sense that and take us there. Uh, can I sense it? Uh, just for the sake of, of getting to, to the, the, the quote-unquote beginning of the actual game, yeah, uh, Alec isn't quite sure what it is, because he's not really honed these senses, but yeah, you, you sense... For, for lack of a better word, like, Alec has been able to sense that something's been wrong with this town for a while, just due to, you know, his history. Um, so you are now able to sense something that's not wrong in the town, and that's wrong, because the town's been wrong for so long. You know, double negatives and all that. Okay. And do I get a sense of direction from that feeling? Yeah. Alright, I guess uh, I'm going to start heading in that direction of whatever gut feeling I have. Alright, uh, you end up heading down the street for a while. Do you, do you take your motorcycle or are you just walking there? Um, well, if, if Obelix will get off my back, yeah, I could get on my motorcycle because my motorcycle has a little sidecar for my dog. <laughs> you you get on the motorcycle and after a brief period of argument, uh, Obelix uh, dog inside cart <laughs> with with great uh, chagrin gets into the side cart, but is is yes. just watching you with both eyes the entire time you're driving. Um, you eventually make it into a neighborhood not far away from your townhome, uh, and um, here's a quick question: Does Beth, A, have her own car, and B, does she offer to drive uh, to wherever Jairus is taking them? Um, yeah, she does have her own car. Uh, it's a minivan, and she'll, yeah, she'll offer to, to drive them around. All right, uh, so Alec, um, y- you sense it's very close, and uh, to com- confirming this, Obelix says, is, we might want to pull over. And as, as you kind of pull over your bike, a, a minivan that was driving the opposite direction comes skidding to a halt in the middle of the road with a bewildered-looking woman at the wheel and a terrified-looking man in a suit in the passenger seat. And are they doing anything, or do they just stop? <laughs> that is their decision now. I'm giving the, the reins back to the players. You said stop here, right? We're just in the middle of the street. Can I pull over? Uh, uh, yes, I think it's behind us. I think it's going backwards. Let's uh, please, for all that is holy, please get me out of this strange device. I can't oh, do it. Anymore. Okay, I'll turn the child lock off. You can get out. And I'll just stop <laughs> over here. <laughs> he's just like grappling like at the handle. <laughs> It opens up and he like fumbles out and kind of just stares at stares at the minivan, just like, hmm, okay, uh, and yeah, just uh, kind of turns around and follows the the tug of like the amulet uh, and sees, I guess the, <laughs> the once again something he does not comprehend, but there's a person in it, so he walks, he starts walking towards the the bike basically it's a very heavy looking bike with a separate part on it i'm very confused For a dog. <laughs> and a dog um <laughs> yeah Al- alec as, as you as you park and kind of get off the bike obelix literally just jumps back on your back we're back to this great <laughs> go talk to them okay um <laughs> alec is going to waddle his way over to these people <laughs> with this giant animal on his back oh hun you've got a dog on your back yeah, yeah, it's it's great. I've had a great morning. Um, I, I, f- I feel like I've seen you in town before, I think. Yeah, I think I've I've passed you a couple of times. You work at Aldi's, don't you? I think you've checked me out a couple of times. Let me rephrase that. That's not what I meant. Um, <laughs> checking, out at the, checking me out at the Aldi's. I think, I think I've seen you around. You work at Aldi's, right? I think I, I've gone through your line a couple of times getting groceries. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, I, I don't know if I've s- met you, though, and, and Alec is looking at, uh, Jairus. <laughs> I, I like to imagine that the dog on the back is even a strange thing regardless of any situation. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, and Jairus has been a little bit more inclined to the magical end of things, and is kind of staring at the dog, and is just like, hmm... Um, oh, yeah, I mean, uh, sorry, uh, you might have seen me in town before, I guess, maybe a little bit 
I don't know. I've been kind of distracted as of late. Okay. Um. It's strange that we happened to meet already. Um, I know this might sound weird, but it feels more like we were looking for you, but almost as if you found us. Oh, buddy, this morning nothing feels strange right now. <laughs> hmm. Well, if it's strange, we're on the right path then. And he looks at <laughs> Beth and like, nods his head. Definitely strange, yeah. Uh, I... Hmm, this... Is there a local place for that... For coffee? Do they, do they... Do they do that? Can you just get that anywhere and just... Like... I feel like we need to talk to each other and sit down for a second. Uh... Is, is there, like, a local coffee shop in the vicinity, Chris? Uh, sure. For convenience, I guess. Yeah. You're not far down the street from a Duncan. Cool. America uh, continues to run on Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> Even in the blight. Even in the blight. <laughs> Despite the apocalypse. Honestly, uh, I do imagine that if we ever do have a real apocalypse, that those those places, Duncan, Starbucks, they will keep running until their very last breath. <laughs> They will still be there until the very last days of humanity. You know what they say, the apocalypse runs on Duncan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you get some coffees at Duncan, which is like the third coffee that Beth's had this morning. <laughs> it's good, no, man. I don't I don't think I'm gonna have coffee again. This is already enough. That's um, fair. She's just like just sitting at the table shaking. <laughs> <laughs> I've never felt more alive. Do, do, uh, do I finally I, I, get my back free of dog? Or is it or is uh, he still on my back the, at this the, point? The, the employees were insistent that you couldn't bring Obelix inside, and Obelix uh, eventually uh, conceded the point and is now uh, sitting out front. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Your dog seems to really like you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Alec is finally drinking a cup of coffee that was rudely interrupted this morning. <laughs> <laughs> now, I look, I am I'm going to be straight with you, and it seems like you've already had quite an interesting morning, um, as have both of us as well. Um, I, I know this is weird, but not that weird. Uh, is there... Is there a reason that you were, at least, that we ran into you, or that you were looking for us? Uh, yeah, I guess. I, I don't know if I want to tell them that my dog was talking. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think Jairus kind of speaks up and says, as, as it has been a weird morning, uh, no judgment here. Uh, it's an open table. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I... This morning, my uh, dog decided to um, talk to me in more than dog language and told me there were people looking for me. And here we are. Well, that's quite a shock. Jerry's like leans over and, and like looks out, out the window to see where Oblix is and just like. Hmm. Oblix is staring dead at you. <laughs> 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 Wide-eyed Jairus goes back and says, Okay. Um, Alec is like draining his extra-large coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say, if you already didn't, you should definitely trust your dog, to say the least. Um, look, I... So you are looking for me? We are definitely looking for you. Okay. Um... Listen, if you need a refund from Aldi's, you have to contact them, not me. <laughs> I think <laughs> Jared just turns to Beth. What is an Aldi? I've heard this twice now. Uh, hon, let me let me try talking to him. Um, uh, yeah. Bless your heart. <laughs> uh, she'll kind of lean forward a little bit, um, and uh, sort of. I guess she'll be holding the amulet kind of in one hand. Um, it's Alec, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Alec, this, uh, gentleman here seems to know that there's 
something not quite right with the town. Um, I, I felt it before, but I was a little afraid to speak up because, you know, that's just the way things are here. But evidently that's not actually how the way things are supposed to be. Um, and if you're like us, maybe you've felt that too. Do you also feel like maybe the way things are run around here isn't how it's supposed to be? Um, Alec has like a kind of looks at looks at Beth and looks at the amulet and has like a brief like memory of like uh, of his sister and um, and nods his head. I'm not sure what you're experiencing, but um, this isn't this isn't normal, and they're out here taking people's lives for god knows what but it's it's not right and it's not how it's supposed to be and uh we we think maybe there's a way to stop it and that's what we're trying to trying to find out okay how well i'm i'm not sure i'll i'll she has to sort of turn and look at jarris and uh just be like I, i think maybe he's the one with the plan um but he did give me this amulet, which seemed to help clear things up a little bit. Uh, and she'll point at hers and then kind of look at the, you know, hand of three amulets, or two amulets, I guess, left. Maybe that'll help a little? Okay. And uh, Alec looks over at, at Jairus. <sighs> well, look, to say it easily, this isn't just something that, well, both of us you know, can do. We, we, we do need your help. Um, we need to figure out why, why this town is like this. This is not the way that, um, society should be. This is not the way that life should be taken. And we need your help to, to make things right again. Okay. How, um, how can I help? Well, as weird as it is, I want you to put on this medallion. (laughs) Alex is just going to put down his coffee and, all right, Alex is going to take the amulet and just be like, well, it's definitely not the weirdest thing I've done today, and uh, and put it on. All right, as you put on that amulet, um, you are, very similarly to Beth, uh, reminded of a time before the Legion took hold of the town. Um, but weirdly for you, your sister was gone before the town became the way it is Uh, but you remember further back and it it was a rough time without your sister and you remember much further back before then and you remember the day you lost your sister you were kind of off hanging out in in the uh the brandywine recreation area um up in the 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 north west of town and you, there was something strange that happened, some sort of weirdness, and you experienced a night of the red moon years before Brandywine was infected, and your your sister vanished into into the sacrifice. And when you returned home, your parents acted like it was nothing happened. Your sister was gone. They pretended like she was always gone, and nothing strange happened. And you wondered that about that for years until the town once again fell into this cycle of, of, of the Night of the Red Moon. And that, that, that moment when you lost your sister and everything tried to go back to normal left you grounded enough to, to recognize that the town probably shouldn't be this way, but now you kind of have that comparison to work off of and you can see just how wrong things have become. Alex just gonna be in stunned silence. <laughs> I, I think Jarris kind of like she says like, "Are you, are you okay?" I, I can remember the day that my sister disappeared. It's it's all coming back to me now. This this town is horrible. To say the least, yes, it's pretty awful. Yep, sure is. <laughs> sure as hell. Um, well, I know it'll be a little bit of a shock, but, um, I promise at least um, you're doing the right thing. 
Um, if you want to finish your coffee, there is uh, there is one more that we need to go and seek out. It kind of holds up the last ambulance. And as you hold it up, Jerris, uh, you look at it, and the other two that led you to, to Beth and Alec, uh, as I said, were, were bouncing in, like, clearly trying to, like, jump to the person that they, they, they had chosen. Uh, but the last one's sort of weakly bobbing to the point where it's hard to tell if it's actually going in a direction or if it's just a natural swing of it hanging out of your hand. And then you hear the sound of a helicopter outside. And you, you, you look outside and you see this helicopter in the sky and it's, it's smoking and it's spinning and as it begins to fall out of the sky and into the, the, the woods out on the edge of town, uh, the amulet starts bouncing in the direction as you hear a loud crash in the distance. Sergeant Raymond Janes, you were sent in your Blackhawk helicopter to reclaim the capital, figure out what happened and do what you could to rectify the situation or report back if you needed backup. Uh, and you got close. Um, but the closer you got, nothing below you looks quite right. It all matches maps more or less, but something is just inherently wrong with the landscape below you. And as you got closer and closer to DC, uh, Weirder and weirder things were being picked up on the instruments of the helicopter bringing you there. And you dismissed it because every time one of these readings came up, it was provably, demonstrably false. And you, everything was needing to be false alarms, something just wacky messing with your instruments. Until you got so close that none of the, the instruments were functioning. And you felt the, the helicopter bounce on some turbulence. But then you felt the helicopter just bounce in the air, and it started spinning out of control. And as it did, um, you stood up to, to, to call out to the uh, pilot to figure out what exactly was going wrong and if you could get control back. And the next spin is so harsh that it flings you out of the helicopter, breaking your safety restraint and you just barely deploy your parachute as you watch your helicopter spin out of control and crash in the river uh, below. You steadily drift down, uh, your, your parachute gets caught in a tree and you disengage it, landing deftly on the forest floor, uh, and you sort of uh, check your, your GPS unit and find that you are close to the town of Brandywine. I think um, first thing that... Uh... Um, Raymond is going to do is uh, check that he has all his equipment that like he didn't lose his pack or anything in the in the fall yeah you, you check everything uh, make sure everything's all right um, you, you, you find all, all of your various equipment there's a few things that kind of scattered from the from the the, the uh, actual landing in the tree that kind of just popped and and you're able to reclaim them pretty quickly uh, checking the GPS you, you discover that you're about uh, 22 miles off of uh your objective and, and um, he's go gonna hail uh i'm assuming he has some kind of radio small radio equipment on him yeah probably um and he's just gonna hail the hail the helicopter um red team are you all right any survivors come in uh you receive nothing back from static and as you uh, hail a few more times uh, static continues coming off and y y you put the radio down for a second and you still hear that static and you're starting to forget why you came here um, I think he's gonna take a quick look at the GPS before he kind of loses his wits and, and points himself in the direction of Brandywine and starts, uh, starts humping just starts, starts right. moving uh, you begin heading in the direction of Brandywine as as you further and forget further and further forget your purpose here. Uh, you still have this sense of something wrong, like you can tell that it's happening, uh, but it your your thoughts begin to drift and become less about getting to the nearest town and more about going home uh, when you abruptly hear 
several footsteps coming uh coming through the woods in your direction um i don't think that so he he is a trained soldier i don't think he'd forget that right yeah that's fine that's Uh, fair so i think that as soon as he identifies where these footsteps are coming from he is like moving into cover behind a tree and drawing his uh nine millimeter pistol sounds good uh jerris beth and alec you've been trekking through the woods for for longer than probably either alec or beth were prepared um I'm imagining Alec drove his motorcycle over with Obelix in the sidecar, mm. and the other two rode the van, much to Jerris's uh, terror. And you, you parked at the parking lot near the, uh, we'll, we'll say down near the, the, the Timothy branch of this river down here. Um, and you're heading through, through the woods in that direction, and... Uh, and you thought you heard footsteps, but as you kind of break into a, a, a fairly small clearing, uh, you don't see anyone. But Jairus, the the medallion is very much hopping in a, a certain hopping towards a certain tree. Oh Lord, I hope they're okay. I hope they are as well, and I have a feeling that they are definitely still there. Uh, is um, is Oblix on my back still, or am I dog free? <laughs> Um, <laughs> are are I, you I, ever I th- really dog free? I mean, I, I think bef- as uh, Jerris and Beth left the van and started making their way into the woods, uh, you had a very quick and very heated conversation with Obelix, and uh, he agreed for now to stay off your back. Thank God, he can stay close, but just he's heavy as shit. Um, I I think as as you enter the woods, he whispered something like, "Like at least you've learned one lesson today, I guess." <laughs> Uh, Oblix, can you smell anything? Is there somebody over there? And uh, Oblix points in much the same direction as uh, the, the medallion is towards like a, a, a fairly fairly wide set tree uh, towards the edge of this this uh, small clearing you've ended up in. Um, um I, I think Jairus will just kind of yell. Is there someone there? We don't mean you any harm, I swear. Um, I think that uh, Raymond kind of cautiously steps out from behind uh, with his his gun leveled. It says, uh, I'm here, alright. Now, who, who are you folking, and what are you doing in these woods? Uh, well, these woods are right next to the town that we live in. So, what are you doing here? Did you crash in the helicopter? Um, I, I think that with the way that it's messing with Raymond's brain, I don't know that he, he knows. There's kind of like a flash of remembrance on his face a little bit, but he, he looks, he, his face kind of like screws up as he tries to, you know, really kind of make sense of that statement. Maybe he's got a concussion. You said... You're f- you said you're from a town. What town? Brandywine. And Alec Brandywine. just like points points backwards like it's over there. <laughs> it's it's behind <laughs> us. Um yeah, so uh, yeah, Alec is just like gesturing to the to the like area behind behind them and be like, "Yeah, Brandywine's over there and uh we were having coffee and we heard a helicopter crash." And we came over here and found you. So, you all right? I'm I'm all right. Yeah. Um, who who are you people? Uh, I'm I'm Alec, and uh, and I was just gonna gesture to his dog, and this is my normal dog, Obelix. <laughs> Obelix sits down and scratches his neck. <laughs> And then winks at you, <laughs> Alec. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, and uh, and th- this is Beth, and uh, this is this is Jarris. And who are you? Uh, m- my name is Sergeant Raymond Jaynes. I'm with the I'm with the United States Army. You said Brandywine. I, that that sounds familiar, but I don't know why. Can you take me there? Uh, j- sure. Is there something you need in Brandywine? Uh, I think he has that same kind of quizzical look. Just like, 
he he remembers the name from the the GPS, and so that's like kind of he that that's just what's in his head at the moment, you know. You're not from here. Where, where did you say you were from? Oh, I was I was born in the great state of Kentucky, but I'm stationed out of California right now. I think at this point he lowers his gun, knowing that this is not a <laughs> thank dangerous God. situation. <laughs> yeah, thank Psych, thank bang, bang. Yeah. <laughs> thank God, Raymond, Sergeant Raymond James is not the person to start shooting civilians. <laughs> <laughs> Sergeant Raymond James, you're here to murder all your characters. Ha <laughs> ha. This is how the episode I've got, ends. I got, I've got two guns and a big knife, and I know how to use all three of them. <laughs> Same time. I'm assuming you know why your helicopter came out this way, right? Does he, Chris? I, you, you cannot recall your mission at all. Um, that that part has drifted away. He, um, does he know he's on a mission? Yeah, yeah you, you know you had a reason for coming here. Okay. And it's, it's just gone. M- my team and I were... Well, d- deployed. I don't. I don't have the. I don't have the situation quite under control as I'd like. But uh. And he kind of like looks to where the helicopter crashes. There, there is smoke rising over the trees in the distance. And uh. He he, I think like looks at his radio again, and then just puts it away like. Knowing that you know he he would have heard something by now. Mm-hmm. What what is why why am I in Brandywine? What what is what is going on in Brandywine that I need to be here for? Uh, I think I know what's going on here. Um. So you don't know why you're here, but you feel almost a sort of pull into the town. I just know. I just know the name. I I don't know that I, I don't know that I'm meaning to be in Brandywine. If you you know what I mean. Uh, Jaris, do you want to give him our town's celebratory necklaces? Why yes, it is a ages long custom that all Brandywine citizens, upon arrival, receive uh, one of these very nice. Uh, amulets here. Uh, just <laughs> and it a, just a, sounds a, suspicious. And Alec, oh, Alec just shows his off, like, see? <laughs> we all have one. <laughs> now, I, 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 I've been to Maryland before the, before the, uh, before the, <laughs> the corruption situation. I don't remember, I don't remember any towns doing something like that, but, I mean, I, alright, I, I guess. We're a very unique town. All right, and you, you take the amulet and, and you, you put it around your neck and it becomes immediately obvious that they were lying about those Pokemon amulets. As, I just say it was uh, suspicious. The, the, the fog that was beginning to, to overwhelm your mind is instantly cleared and you, you, your, your assignment out of California, uh, loading up in the helicopter with, with what little briefings were known about the blight and what it was doing to places, which is practically nothing at all and your instructions to, at the very least, get a sit-rep on the White House and return, if nothing else. But also, just like, some of the things that you, you had seen on the way over here. The, 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 the towns that just subtly didn't look right, and the occasional ones that were just so completely wrong. Um, and you know that this town is probably very much the same. Alright, well, thank you all for given me this despite the false pretenses is brandy wine are, are there are things all right here uh absolutely no. not Mm-mm. yeah i didn't think i didn't think they'd be that seems to be the case all across this country so it's, wait you called it earlier the the corruption you said it wasn't just here are there other cities that are having the same problems we are um I'm guessing y'all don't get out very much. This, the whole the whole country's under this, this fog, under this uh, blight. Um, only place what's safe anymore is, well, West Coast, California, and most of the Pacific Northwest, except for a town named Munsdale. <laughs> that one's that one's that one's right and truly fucked. I'll tell you what. <laughs> How far away, actually, did you travel? Well, you'd have to ask the, the pilot. I don't know rightly 
how far California is from Maryland. I, I'm guessing a, a ways. Hmm. Okay. The situation is even worse than I expected. 2,780 miles. And I would fly 2,780 <laughs> anyway, um, Chris, I'm, I'm assuming, just for, for the sake of logistics, that there are some holdouts of the U.S. military that are closer to Washington, D.C. than California, because a helicopter would not be able to fly this far. Yeah, I was just thinking that, too. Like, maybe yeah, in Texas... Um... Or something. You, you you probably found places to to refuel. Um, I'm I'm not gonna go too deep into those logistics because those aren't interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I, I do have concepts for for places that aren't affected by the blight throughout the uh, country. All right, yeah. So you you mentioned that like you you, you came a good ways uh, in answer to Jaris's question. Uh, Jairus is worried that it is getting is more out of control than he expected. Was there anyone with you in the helicopter? Well, yeah, I had a whole squad of men. I'm I'm assuming they're all dead now. I'm sorry. Oh, shit. We never even made it to D.C. The damn bird fell right out of the skies across the Potomac. I'm lucky enough that I... I guess wasn't in it when it crashed. Damn. There are good men on that ship. You call a helicopter a ship? 